Hello everybody, my name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Way Backlog. This is a monthly show for patrons where I go back in time to fill in holes in my retro gaming history. And this is the first episode, it's available for everybody, and so I want to give a little explanation at the beginning for what Tales from the Way Backlog is all about. So Tales from the Way Backlog, I'm going to pronounce it like that every time, so I hope you're ready, (laughs) is a monthly show for patrons at the $5 per month level and up. I wanted to uh, go in, provide a little bit more value for those higher level patrons. So $5 and up, you'll get this monthly show. It will be covering retro games at least 30 years old. So right now, we'll be going back to 1993 and before. So... There are a couple reasons that I want to do this. Um, I want to go back and fill in games that I've never played before, or at the most, those games that I like dabbled in at a friend's house a couple times, or like, you know, maybe, well, no, I wouldn't have rented it because I didn't have a console in 1993. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be going back and playing some old retro games. And The goal for the show is for these to be short, maybe 20, 30 minute episodes. Uh, A lot of these games are pretty short. A lot of the games I want to play for the show don't have, you know, long stories that I need to spend a lot of time on. It'd be mostly just talking about my experience, going back and playing some of these games from uh, an era that I didn't grow up with. So a little like reason why I have so many of these games is, so I was born in 1988 So I was old enough to grow up with a Super Nintendo at the very least, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a console until like 1995, 96. I had a Game Gear, uh, maybe 97. I don't even know. And I'm kind of like placing this in time from when the Power Rangers movie came out. And the reason I'm like saying that it might have been this time uh, and tying it to the Power Rangers movie is because that's the game I remember playing the most on the Game Gear, the Power Rangers movie game. So that game was released in 94. There's no way we got it right when it released. So I'm, I'm putting it around that time. And so I played a Super Nintendo over at friends' houses sometimes, but I didn't own one. So I never beat a Super Nintendo game until much, much, much later. I don't think I've ever beaten an NES game. Uh, except if you count the the version of Super Mario Brothers that they put on the Game Boy. I beat that. Other than that, nothing. So I got all these like holes in my like retro gaming history. And I wanted to go back and play them. Um, a lot of them, like I could turn them into full episodes of Tales from the Backlog. Like uh, today's game, Super Mario World, I, I don't think I'm going to do a full episode on Tales from the Backlog, but like next month's game which is going to be Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, I might decide, hey, you know what? Like, I actually want to talk to someone about this and make it a full episode, but the patrons will always get these games first. Uh, And if I do decide to blow them out into bigger episodes, hopefully talking with another person, diving deeper uh, will provide some better conversation uh, or at least some extra insight because you have another person's opinion going into the episode. So uh, back to my personal history. Again, I I didn't have anything until that Game Gear. I didn't have a home console until like 1999 or 2000 when we got the N64. So again, I got a lot of stuff in the uh, 
the history where I've never played before. So uh, the goal of this show is a, a lot of people who know me and my like um, my thoughts about the games that I play is uh, I, I don't get along with a lot of retro game sensibilities, design philosophies, and things like that. I, I really dislike a lot of them. So instead of closing myself off to that era of video games, I want to challenge myself to go back, play these, and see, hey, like Dave Dave normally doesn't like third-personing myself right now. Dave normally doesn't like games that have lives and game overs and bad checkpoints. Will Dave be able to see the other parts of this game that make them good? Or will 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 uh, got to continue the third person now, right? Will Dave get really frustrated and rage quit? So I'm not going to force myself to beat all of these games that I'm going to do for Tales from the Way backlog. Uh, you know, I'm not going to like <laughs> force myself to beat Ninja Gaiden or something like that. But if I do have that thing where it's like, I want to give Ninja Gaiden a fair shake, then it could turn into an episode of this show. And everyone, you can... Uh, enjoy me talking about the things that piss me off, or, you know, I'm finding a lot to like about these games too, as I normally do. So then I will, you know, break it down the way I like to do on the show, but these will just be me solo on these. So once again, that is what Tales from the Way backlog is going to be. Again, that's monthly for patrons at the $5 level and up. And uh, patrons, if you have a game that you think I should try for this series. It has to be at least 30 years old. And uh, just let me know. Let me know either on Patreon or let me know in the VIP channel in the Discord server. Uh, Would love to uh, take your suggestions. With that, you know, people are probably going to come in and say, oh, Dave, you should play Fester's Quest. That would be great. And ah, fuck it. The patrons suggest it. I'll give Fester's Quest a, a fair shot. And then you can probably just hear me yell into a microphone for... 20 to 25 minutes. That sounds fun, right? So anyway, this episode is for everybody. Enjoy. And if you think this is something you would like to continue hearing, once again, that is at patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson for $5 and up. Everybody uh, on the Patreon gets a lot of cool benefits though, even at the $2 level, including voting on episode topics, bonus episodes, first impression type episodes for new games, stuff like that. So, without any further ado, let's get into Super Mario World. Super Mario World, developed by Nintendo EAD, published by Nintendo for the Super Nintendo in 1990 in Japan, 1991 in North America, and 1992 in Europe and Australia. And you might be thinking, hey Dave, I thought you said you were going to do episodes of this about games that you've never played before. What the fuck, man? Super Mario World? Everyone played that. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so no, I didn't really play Super Mario World. Uh, I played it over at a friend's house, but like, so I I started this again. I played it on the Switch on NSO, and maybe like three or four levels into like the donut planes, I was like, I've never played this level before. So my experience with this game is super limited and that's why it belongs on this show. Uh, If you've never played more than three or four levels of a Mario game, have you really played it? My answer is not really. So 
Super Mario World. I did play this at friends' houses. You know, I say I played those five levels. I probably played those five levels like 20 or 30 times. Basically, every time was like, hey, got a Super Nintendo. Why don't we play Super Mario World, right? Or as soon as it went on NSO, it was like, oh, Super Mario World, sweet. I'll play the first five levels again and then not play it. But this time I actually did beat it. I beat the game. And uh, we'll talk about... I want to talk about those experiences. We got to do the important stuff first, though. I got to talk about the story in Super Mario World. Uh, this will probably take up most of the runtime of this episode, if I'm being honest. Uh, big, important story, a lot of themes to dive into in this. So, uh, Mario and friends are vacationing in Dinosaur Land right off the bat. Bad idea. Why, why the fuck would you vacation in Dinosaur Land? What good things are going to happen in Dinosaur Land? So that makes this a prequel to Jurassic Park, I think. I think that's how that works. So in Dinosaur Land, Bowser captures Princess Peach, and Mario and Luigi meet Yoshi, who tells them that all of Yoshi's friends have been captured by Bowser's minions, and you're going to work your way through all of these lands, freeing the Yoshis and uh, saving the princess at the end. So I guess that's all the story I have. I guess if you want more story, you have to watch Jurassic Park. That's where the story picks up and continues. So uh, you free all the Yoshis and then they they go around and they start eating people. They eat Wayne Knight or something like that. Uh, Wayne Knight gets gooped in his face. It was, a, it was a whole thing. Those Yoshis, you shouldn't have saved them. They're, they're bad people. So uh, on to my experience with Super Mario World. So with Mario... Like I said, I played Super Mario Brothers on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color maybe, I think. And I beat that when I was in middle school, high school, something like that. I beat that. I played the the remake of Mario 2 for the Game Boy Advance. I beat that as well. And that's basically all the 2D Mario. Oh, and uh, six golden coins, but I never beat that. And it could never beat Wario's Castle when I was a kid. That's because Wario's Castle is bullshit. I replayed that last year to go on the Main Quest podcast and quickly realized, no, Dave, that wasn't your fault. That Wario's Castle is actually bullshit. That sucks. So anyway, other than that, that's all the 2D Mario experience I have. So I've gone back to some of these 2D Mario games, you know, in the last couple of years, especially since they went on NSO. And... Uh, I find 2D Mario to be really, really, really difficult. And some people might hear that and be like, Mario difficult? Like, just, you know, if you grew up playing them, maybe you have the the levels memorized. Maybe you're really good at using the, uh, like, the flying power-ups and stuff. But, like, I, I find it just very hard. And I'm not somebody who can just, like, slip into a Mario game and breeze through it. Not 2D Mario. 3D Mario, that's a different thing. Those are much easier. I think the main thing I think that makes it hard for me is that Mario controls in a very specific way that most other 2D platformers don't control like Mario's really slippery. So Mario feels like he's running on ice at at times. And when Mario is actually running on ice, good fucking night. Um, You don't get up to full speed very quickly. You got to like ramp up to it. He's kind of like doing the Looney Tunes with his legs spinning, but he's not moving for a second or so. Uh, and then it's hard to stop. He skids when you stop running. And 
a lot of my 2D platformer experience like playing Celeste or Shovel Knight or The Messenger or Castlevania's or Hollow Knight or something. None of those characters control like that. So when I play a Mario game, it's a really hard adjustment. And I get into this like panic loop really often of skidding too far, getting close to an edge, jumping, landing, but I'm still panicking. So I run another way and it just continues. I'm like, jump, panic, reverse, jump, skid, panic, jump. And eventually I, d- I jump into a pit or something hits me or something like that. That makes it really difficult. The fact that uh, some levels in Mario are pretty stingy with checkpoints and items, not as bad in this game as it is in Mario 3, which is why I don't like that game. But there are some levels where it's like, oh, you get a checkpoint at exactly the place where you should get a checkpoint. And then there's some levels like ghost houses uh, and some of like the later castle levels where it's like, fuck you, you're not getting a checkpoint. And I, I think that that's bullshit. I don't like it. You know, even in one of the best designed games of all time, which I do think that it, this is more on that later. I, I think that sometimes it's just stingy for no reason other than to be stingy and make it artificially difficult. So I had a lot of trouble in some of these levels because of that slipping panic loop I talked about, but some of them was just like, really, you can't give me a checkpoint or really I'm going to go like literal minutes without any power-ups kind of sucks. I, so that being said, I, like I said, I did beat this game, but I would not have beaten it without save states. Not to say I couldn't beat it. You know, if I wanted to dedicate a dozen more hours of my life to beating Super Mario World like a little kid who, you know, had one game for an entire summer vacation, yeah, sure, I, I, I could have. But do I want to spend my time that way? I'm 35 years old. No, that's not how I want to spend my time. So especially not when I don't respect the reason why I'm having trouble with it. I, when a game decides uh, you're just not getting a checkpoint in this difficult level. Why? Because fuck you, that's why. Do it better. I don't respect that. So then I'm like, okay, I'm using save states then. When I reach a point that feels like a checkpoint, I'm using a save state. So I, I did get through it, but because of that, so, uh, just <laughs> to get that out of the way, um, I do want to give this game its props for one like very big thing, and I'm not breaking any new ground here, but Super Mario World sets the standard as far as I'm concerned. Uh, other Mario games are good at this, like previous Mario games. Super Mario Brothers did this too, but Super Mario World I think is one of the best examples of tutorializing how a level works without having people talk to you, without interrupting gameplay. The first level of Super Mario World gets all this, all the praise, as it should, but it continues throughout the entire game. So that each, each level, each world in Super Mario World has a gimmick, a new enemy, a new environmental hazard, something like that. So they'll always show you in a safe way how it works, how this enemy moves, how it jumps. Does it throw something? It'll show you in a safe way. Uh, maybe this level has um, one of those levels where like the, the ceiling falls down and then the floor raises up and you have to move from safe spot to safe spot. They'll always show you that in a safe way and then introduce and iterate on it, ramping up the challenge, 
until it's over. And the first level, of course, gets all the praise, but I, I do think it does a really great job of this throughout the game. So I, I never felt like I had difficulty in Super Mario World because of, you know, because I don't know what to do or I don't know how to beat it, except in one thing. I'll talk about that in a second. The difficulty was purely from the challenge of like the stuff that they laid out, not because I had no idea what to do. And I think that that's great. Other than, you know, when the challenge is, we're just not giving you a checkpoint and you've been tiny Mario for a while now. But yeah, the the tutorializing, the level design, the way that they show don't tell is all masterful stuff. This game deserves every prop that it gets for that kind of stuff. There are a couple things that were kind of uh, introduced in this, or maybe not introduced for the first time. Again, I'm not a, a Mario historian, but I did play Mario 3, and then I played this. So uh, stuff like being able to bank a power-up is really great. So like if you have a fire flower and then you find uh, the feather, you can take the feather and it will bank the fire flower. And that's awesome. Then if you get hit, uh, your mushroom will fall down and it will like turn you big again, right? That's awesome. It's a welcome change from Mario 3 where I thought they're way too stingy with power-ups. And if you wanted to like go get another power-up, you had to leave the level and go back to one of those like toad houses or whatever. And maybe I'm not remembering exactly right, but you had to go to one of those places to get a new power-up. And that sucks. I want to just do the level I don't want to leave the level, go somewhere else, and come back. Not in Mario. So that's great. Uh, the Cape Feather is really uh, powerful. If you hit it right, you can basically skip some or most or all of levels. That's cool. It's not as powerful as the one in Six Golden Coins, which is broken. But this one was fun. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. And of course, Yoshi. Uh, being able to ride on Yoshi and eat stuff, and uh, Yoshi serves as basically another hit point for you. I enjoyed that. I, I'm i bad at this game, so I was never able to keep Yoshi for an entire level or sometimes for even very long. And that remember that panicking I talked about with like the slipping and jumping randomly and wildly and stuff like that? When Yoshi gets hit and he starts running away, I almost never got Yoshi back because I would just panic and I I just almost never really got used to how Mario moves because it's so different from the other stuff I've played. So when Yoshi started running away, maybe like one in 10, I'd be able to get Yoshi back or I'd get hit again as soon as I got Yoshi back and then he'd run off a, a cliff or something like that. So Yoshi was more like a bonus when I got Yoshi, I could never count on like, I'm going to professionally move through this. I'm going to use Yoshi as a springboard, you know, stuff like I, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't um, reliably do stuff like that. I'd always lose him. So just kind of a, a nice little fun bonus. So back to the feather and how you could skip levels, uh, basically, or, or skip through parts of levels. Um, it's a little bit harder to control, and uh, I, I think that this game's secrets kind of tie into that feather, because there's a lot of secret exits to levels. There's one part in the game where you have to find a secret exit, and I was just like completely stumped by that. And it turns out I needed the feather, and I needed to like fly past the end of the stage to get to a secret exit. And this is one of those things that like I ran into this when I was talking to people about 
you know, hey, I'm having a hard time with Super Mario World and people just be like, oh, just, it, just find the secret exits. It's easy. I'm like, bro, I don't fucking know where the secret exits are. How am I going to find them? And they're like, I, I, I know where they are. I'm like, okay, cool. Great advice. I appreciate you. <laughs> so um, there was one part where it's, it's in this, uh, the forest of illusion where if you go to the exits, the regular exits of the levels, you'll never make progress on the map. You'll keep looping these same like three or four levels. And what you have to do is find a secret exit. And I was having trouble getting to the end of the level with a power up. I was having trouble getting to the end of the level in general. But what you have to do is get to the end of the level with the feather for the one that I did. Uh, and then you have to fly past the end and get to another platform. The other levels that have secret exits, I have no idea. I was trying pipes, couldn't find anything, kept dying, real frustrated during those parts. And so this is just like, I think this is kind of part and parcel for a game like Super Mario World for a newcomer to express frustration. And then everybody who's like, I've been playing this game for, for 32 years or whatever. I know everything about it. Why, why, why can't you just do what I do? I'm like, I don't know. It's something I have to be mindful of because there's some games that I would consider myself to be at, you know, like a veteran status with that new players have trouble with. And you got to put yourself in those people's shoes and understand like, yeah, it's easy for you because you've done it a bunch of times. You know the game front and back. But for me, I was really struggling with Super Mario World sometimes. And the advice I got of like, yeah, just use the secret exits, skip the entire world. I'm like, all right, appreciate that. But anyway, not to like be super negative about it. Um, this game was hard, but I did beat it. I thought it was, you know, mostly pretty fun going through levels. I did get real mad sometimes. Again, difficult game. And then to, like, I already said I don't like lives and game overs. To get game overs and get your progress reset just feels like a slap in the face at this point. Like, we are well past the point. I'm going to keep, I'm going to say this a bunch in this series, uh, unless I do games from, like, the literal arcades. But we're well past the point in video games lifetime when lives and game overs needed to be a thing. And I, I just like, if, if you're telling me that the reason that they're there is to extend games, to give people value for money, that's cool. I can like mentally accept that as a reason, but as someone in 2023, which is where my mind is when I'm doing these kind of experiences as someone in 2023, I don't like it. I don't need games to be artificially extended. So like before you get mad at me for not taking historical context, I get the historical context, but it's still frustrating. I'm allowed to think both things. So uh, difficult game. I uh, also want to touch on uh, this game still looks incredible. Visuals are great. The music is still, I mean, what do I need to talk about how good the music in Super Mario World is? It's awesome. You've been listening to some in this episode. Still holds up. Really, really awesome across the board. Uh, there was one other thing, and um, this is going to be another continuous maybe trend in here. When uh, <laughs> Dave expresses frustration about something that was explained in the game manual. And I don't know if this was in the manual, but the final boss of uh, Super Mario World requires you to throw things up, which you never have to do in the entire game up until that point. 
Uh, I got through the whole game without throwing a single, I I don't even know if I picked up that many shells and threw them horizontally, but uh, you have to do that in the final boss. I had no idea you could do that until I like looked up, okay, what am I missing here? Maybe that was in the manual, but it's one thing, it's maybe the only thing that is not tutorialized in the game, the way that every single other gimmick, item, everything else is tutorialized. So the final boss was like decently fun though. Once I figured that out. Yeah. So Super Mario World, final thoughts here. Uh, since we're getting on 25 minutes, which is about how long I want these episodes to be. Uh, so in total, I again, I did beat this. I appreciate it like for the game design aspect, the design, the visuals, the music. I love it. It's a game that I'm happy to say that I, I finished, beat for the first time. Uh, I had some fun sometimes other times not very fun basically because of how difficult it was or how difficult i found it Uh, again it was mostly the way mario handles and how sometimes the game just doesn't suddenly decides um yeah this is a really hard level it's super long you're not getting a checkpoint fuck you and I, i don't like that i don't like it especially when getting a game over means i have to go beat those levels all over again i've proven to you that i can do it don't make me do it again Uh, So all told, it's a game I appreciate. I'm glad to say that I beat it, but never say never, Justin Bieber. But I don't think I'm going to play this again. I, I I don't foresee a reason why I would think to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down and play Super Mario World. I just don't see it happening. And it's partly because I don't have any nostalgia for this game really, but also because if I want a platformer, There are other platformers I think I'll enjoy more. And if I want a Mario game, a 2D Mario game, there are other 2D Mario games that I've never played. So I would like to go back and play that. I never played uh, the one with Baby Mario. Never played it. Um, I've never played the original Mario 2. I haven't played Super Mario Brothers for 20 years. So I might go back and play those first. So all told, it's it's a game where I can like, I can see the quality. I can see why everyone loves it. I can see why, if this was a part of your childhood, you would treasure this game. I would recommend that people play it if you have not played Super Mario World, if you're like me. Uh, if you Or if you played it at a friend's house a couple times, but never owned it yourself, yeah, go go try it. Just not totally my jam at the end of the day. So that is the end of this episode of Tales from the Way backlog. Thank you for listening. Again, this is a series that's going to be for patrons at the $5 level or higher. Next month, we're going to be talking about Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, which I'm playing right now. And I got some thoughts. <laughs> I'm really excited to get this series going. I'm excited to uh, continue to challenge myself with these games, check them out, see how they hold up today, see what I like, see what I don't like. Uh, So again, this episode is for everybody. If you're considering joining the Patreon, you'll get perks like voting on games to appear on the show, bonus episodes, first impression episodes. Uh, There's going to be a first impression episode for Final Fantasy 16 after that game comes out. Uh, There was already a first impressions episode for Tears of the Kingdom. And uh, yeah, that's all available for the $2 patrons. $5 patrons will get this show. $10 patrons get their own benefits. So head on over to patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson to look at the tiers and see if that's something that's interesting to you. If not, 
I still thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope to see you on the next episode, uh, the full episode of the show. See you there. Thank you.